Hi. Um, for today's vet talk, I have with me today Dr. Chris Cook, who is a veterinary internal medicine specialist. And I've asked her to join me today to talk about how we assess the information that's out there and available to us and, and how we use that to make clinical decisions. And it seems like it would be a simple thing. Uh, and yet it's, it's just not. <laughs> it's really not a simple thing, or at least um, it seems like something we struggle with commonly. And, um, and so I wanted to have a conversation because I know that Dr. Cook uh, feels strongly about these types of things as well. We've certainly had uh, uh, hallway chats about it. And, and so that's what I'm looking to delve into a little bit today. I want to I wanna pick your brain uh, about how you, how you think about these things, but also how you teach others how to think about these things. So thank you for coming. Sure, happy uh, to be here. Um, so a little bit of background on why this is something I wanted to talk about. We've chatted a little bit that um, in one of the courses I teach to young veterinary students, I try to get them started with getting into the literature. So looking at primary research literature rather than just trusting what I tell them or what you tell them or Dr. Scher tells them, um, going to course notes and things like that, partly because things are always evolving, but also I want them to learn how to critically assess a, a journal article. I think it's easy for young veterinarians to fall into the trap of reading an introduction and then like skimming materials and methods and like briefly looking at results and then going to, to the discussion and be like, what did they think I should get out of this? And then cool, that's what I get out of it. Rather than reading much more carefully through materials, methods, and results and making their own decision about what they should get out of that particular research. And what I'm finding is that our veterinary students are much like everyone else, which really shouldn't surprise me, is that they are swayed very easily by emotional um, kind of pleas uh, as far as, hey, you should do this treatment because that feels like the right thing or because I've considered what a client would want to do or what that would cost rather than just looking at the science. So I'm struggling with how do I, you know, impart across to students, interns, residents, colleagues that maybe that's, maybe we could do better. Um, so what are, what are your thoughts? What are your struggles or what have you found that's working? So I, th I agree. I think it is really hard because I, I think that um, the students go through their academic careers essentially being told to trust what we say. Um, and even when we tell them not to trust what we say, they still trust what we say. And, and that really does make it challenging. Um, it probably probably has a little bit to do with, with needing to sort of revamp how we teach things and so that students are comfortable with a, with a degree of uncertainty because that's one of the things that I find is really hard. They want to know that there is a right answer. <laughs> yeah. And most and many times there isn't. And right. many times you just you have to make a decision and do something and see how a patient responds. Um, and and if they if it doesn't respond, then oftentimes the the knee-jerk reaction is, well, it didn't respond because I did the wrong thing, rather than it didn't respond because maybe it wasn't going to respond. And so I, I do think that they really struggle with cases where there is not a clear-cut right answer, where it, you know, it might be okay that I would do something one way and another internist would do it another way. We might end up with the same outcome, um, but, they, but they really do want a right answer. And I find that yeah. in my classes when yeah. I do... Um, case-based things. 
that yeah. that it, they want if if I give them four choices and I say this is the choice that I would pick but this would not be unreasonable either. Yeah. And that right. really frustrates them. They're like, but what about on the exam? <laughs> that, yeah, right. Uh, yeah. No, and I get it. Like, it's it's really hard because they've gone their entire lives before vet school. And then in the first few years of vet school, same thing. Like, there's one right answer on the exam most of the time. And we say, this is what I want you to, to get. We're testing your knowledge. But also, as soon as you leave here, throw all that out the window. And that's not how it goes. So that's a really hard transition to make. And then the other thing that you just brought up that, that kind of, ties into this and made me think of something else is I struggle this with at all levels. Um, assuming that because you did a thing that the thing that happened after that was because of the thing you did. Yep. So, Oh, I gave, I gave a dose of antibiotics and the temperature came down. I'm like, yeah, but that happened 10 minutes later. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. do you really think that a caused B in this situation? And, um, and I tell, I tell students on the clinics and, and my, in my residents have heard this story so many times, but it was so important for me when I was a student, I was on my large animal medicine rotation uh -huh. and I had a foal come in with like horrible vestibular signs. Like it, it was not standing. It was really weird. Don't ask wow. me what happened with it. Cause I, I don't, <laughs> I don't remember that, but I remember this foal and I was just, my heart went out to this foal. This was miserable. And I was like, surely there's something we can do. I was like, there's gotta be like a Dramamine for horses. And they were like, Oh yeah, there's, there's like a Meclizine and, and you could do that. And so I was like, yeah, I went and looked it up and I looked up the dose and I was like, can we give this? Cause I just, I wanted to help this poor foal. And they were probably like, cool, get out of our hair and go do this. Yeah. And so they, <laughs> they signed the prescription and I went to the pharmacy and I was like, here, can I get this? And they're like, yes, but not until tomorrow. I don't remember why there was some weird situation, maybe the amount they needed. I don't know. I didn't question uh -huh. it, but I was like, okay. And I was like, I'm still feeling good about myself. Like we're going to get this prescription. I did all this work on my own and I looked it up and I was feeling very empowered. And the next morning I come in and the foal is standing and looking nearly <laughs> right. normal, nearly right. normal. Yep. And I know if I'd given the Meclizine the day before, I would have taken all of the credit. I'd have been like, I fixed this foal. Yep. And I would have been wrong. Right. I would have been a hundred percent wrong because it was going to get better regardless. Right. And so I always like that. I, again, I can't tell you any other details about that case, but that was so important for me to kind of put, put that back and be like, okay, just because I do something doesn't mean the change that I see is because of the thing that I did. Yep. And it's really hard to get past that. There's a little bit of ego involved in that. Like, I want to feel like the things I'm doing right. are making a difference. The, the good news is that that also means when things go wrong. Exactly. <laughs> maybe that had nothing to do with what, maybe that was exactly. going to happen anyway. But um, but I, I just remember that so strongly that it, it's, I have to check myself even now just because I did something and, and there was what I perceived to be an effect doesn't mean right. the thing I did caused it. So I don't know other than sharing that story time and time and time again, how I, you know, impart that to students. Well, I think, but I think a story is a good way to do it because it gives them a, it gives them a specific example. Um, I have some examples that I use for like for client communication yeah. for when you tell something to a client and they just don't hear it yeah. and you, and they go tell someone that you never told them that thing before. <laughs> and, and they're like, yes, you did. But <laughs> so it's, you know, I, so I, th I think stories help students recognize circumstances that they haven't seen yet. So, so I think a story is a good way to do it. Maybe they'll get their own story, oh. you know, either as a student or as a clinician, probably at some point yeah. they will. Maybe I'll go down to the pharmacy and just be like, we're out of unison. <laughs> <laughs> see what yeah. happens, and right? See, see there is no more metronidazole. What I, are we going to do? do? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that is, a, it is a very, it is a very hard concept to get yeah. across. Yeah. Um, and I think that 
that with students and with uh, with clinicians, because yeah. yes, you, we tend to see cause and effect, and and I think we try to emphasize to our students and to our interns and residents the fact that sometimes things happen serendipitously, because it, if if you if you do assume that everything that follows what you did is because of what you did, then that also then closes your mind to the fact that it might not be what you thought it was originally. Right. So, yeah. It's so, hard, though. yeah, like, so it's kind of about teaching them about confirmation bias, too, and how easy it is. Like, no, but I've done this many times and seen this result. Like, you know, every time a foal has vestibular signs, it, you know, it gets better. And so just because that one time, you know, how do you, how do you convince somebody that maybe they're forgetting about the times that it didn't work or, um, you know, memory can be, you know, fallible. Um, as or it's we know something too. that gets better, like idiopathic cystitis, right? right? Everybody thought they got better with antibiotics. Because it sure it does. Would get better in it does get better hours. with antibiotics. It <laughs> also gets better without, without antibiotics. Yeah. yeah. So it, it yeah. is a challenge. So what are, are, are there any other things that you do when you're on clinics and you get like those knee jerk reactions from students or house officers where, you know, something comes in and, and they want to treat it like just, and you ask why? And they're like, uh, because that's what we do, <laughs> even if it's right. Right. You know, ha- is there anything that you do to kind of dig well, a little deeper for them? Yeah, certainly with the with the students. Um, I, you know, the students don't have the depth of knowledge ho- generally that the interns and the residents have, and so um, I I do try to simplify things a little bit. But but if if I have a student that says, you know, I want to do it this way because that's how so and so does it. <laughs> Um, then I then I will say to them that well we should probably go look at the literature and see what's there, um, and I I think that you know because I've been doing this for forever I being the old fashioned non computer oriented <laughs> person um, you know I'm the one that goes to a, an actual textbook the students will go to Google um, sometimes or Wikipedia sometimes or Google Scholar if, if Google they're really Scholar, on it yeah, <laughs> yeah. If they're really on it um, but it's you know I I think. A, a big part of it, and I've said to them, I don't, I don't mind if you go to um, uh, anywhere online. Wikipedia, even Wikipedia yeah, there's some good fine. information there, um, and I've used it myself. You Absolutely, know, but, but but that they do have to be somewhat critical about about how they evaluate it. And so, uh, in in one of the classes I teach, I actually have them do for ex- if they want to do for extra credit, I have them do a, a critic a critique of. A journal article. I give yeah. them four articles. I say pick one um, and write a critique. And I do for those that haven't had, uh, haven't done journal club, haven't critiqued yeah. an article. I give them an outline of some stuff to, to look for. Okay. But one of the things that I I say to them is, you know, one of the things to look for is, you know, is this a person who does a lot of whatever they're writing about. So right. if it's if they're writing about liver disease, is this a person that has done other studies? Uh, have they done any studies looking at liver disease, whether they're retrospective studies or prospective studies? Um, have you know? Is this somebody who has a lot of experience doing this, or are they just talking about what they think? Right. And one of the things that I say to them is, you know, one of the ways to figure it out is, do they reference their statement? So if someone makes a yeah. statement of fact, they say, this is the best way to do this. This is how you should treat this. Is there an actual reference to a study? Yeah. And if there's not a reference, if there's not a reference at all, then you have to take that with a huge grain of salt. Right. If the reference is a textbook, um, 
you still have to take that with a grain of salt because that still may be somebody's mm -hmm. opinion, even if it is somewhat peer-reviewed. So whereas if, if they've referenced a study, uh, ideally, if they have time, they should go look at the study. And, yeah. and they should do exactly what you said, is they should do more than just read the introduction and the discussion. I do think that a lot of students get put off by statistics. Oh, they yeah. feel like, I, I don't understand statistics. Yeah. I don't know... I, you know, I, I can't understand what they're right. saying. And so I don't know whether, how to evaluate this. And, and I try to tell them in, in my class that, you know, if you know something about statistics, great. Take a look right. at it, see if you think that, you know, that that's a, a reasonable statistic. But I'm not, I'm not really that statistically oriented either. And so, um, w you know, what I ask them to do is I say, you know, look at, look at the numbers. Mm -hmm. if, if you have, have something that has a huge amount of variability and even if it's statistically significant, mm -hmm. one of the things that you have to ask yourself is, is that really going to be clinically relevant? Yeah, that's, oh, that's one of my, my issues there is like you have statistical significance and then you have clinical relevance is how I, I yep. like to kind of put those together because exactly. you're like, okay, cool. So you did this particular wound dressing and now yours gets better in 13.75 days and mine gets better in 14 days. I'm not going to spend a thousand dollars for that. <laughs> like, sorry. Right. Like, yep. so even if it's statistically significant, that's great, but I don't care. Um, so, and then there's other things that, you know, maybe don't reach statistical significance because we've got a whole 20 animals in the study, yep. but it's maybe approaching that and it's clinically very relevant. Like, you know, getting through, through that I think is, is yeah, but that's, that's where I want them to go is to that next level of, of really delving into a particular study. I think I also struggle with, People feel like, and I even sometimes feel like I'm coming across that way when I'm critiquing a study, that I'm being critical. And yep. that it, the other thing I want people to get a, to, to get a sense for and, and to get better at is critiquing a study while respecting what they've done. Right. Um, because re doing research is really hard. <laughs> like it's yes, really yes, and doing good research <laughs> is even harder. Mm -hmm. And like it's hard to do crummy research. Like it's a <laughs> lot of work, right? Um, but to do really, really good stuff is even harder and, and for a lot of people is, is impossible because, you know, they don't have the resources. They don't have, you know, um, maybe like you said, the background and things like that. I have, a, I have an interest in this, but that doesn't mean I suddenly have 20 years of experience researching this topic or that I have several million dollars to do it the best possible way. Right. Um, and so I struggle with this a little bit more with the house officers is, you know, not feeling like I'm picking apart an, an article, but uh -huh. I, I want you to look at these things, but but I'm not saying that these this is a bad thing or they did a bad job or whatever. We just yep. need to put this in context, you know, for the in the greater knowledge that, that we have. What can I really take away from this? And um, and so I I struggle with that a lot. I think of coming across as being even almost dismissive of a, of a mm -hmm. paper. It's like no no no, this is great stuff. This is adding something. Even if the addition is I'm not that that's not something that I'm going to change right now. Like that's mm -hmm. still adding to our body of knowledge. Um, but, um, so yeah, it's finding that balance between critiquing without coming across as being, I don't know, overly harsh. And I agree. I think students, I also think students really struggle understanding that, cr uh, like constructive criticism is, is not slamming something. It's right. saying, you know, they, they may have gotten some information out of this, but maybe if they had done this other thing, um, they might have been able to draw stronger conclusions mm -hmm. or whatever it is. But as you said, research is really yeah. hard to do. And, and you do your best to design a good study and to think of all the what ifs, right. you know, what could happen. And then when you actually do the study, things come up and you think yep. to yourself, huh, uh -huh. you know, that would have been really good to 
to have built that into right. the design. But I'm study. three quarters of the way but, into uh, it, and uh, I can't go back and start right. over. And I yeah. think that that in those situations, what I emphasize both to the to the students in my class and also to our residents when we're doing journal club is, I think it's important to still take the information that you can get from a study. Yeah. Maybe it isn't. Maybe you don't have enough power. You don't have enough patience to to achieve statistical significance. And so maybe you can't ans actually answer the question you set out to answer. But maybe you can either draw some other conclusions or push it in a direction of additional research. And so, yeah. you know, so critiquing, you know, critiquing an article, I think for both students and residents is is something that it helps them to think about other ways, other ways they can yeah. get that information. Um, but just, but recognizing that you may still may be able to get information from an article, Absolutely. even if it isn't what the author said. Right. I do caution them though. Similarly, you said, you know, you worry that they go to the discussion and they say, well, what did they think about it? Right. And, uh, and oftentimes, and, and one of the, the things that I have the students who, who do the article critiques look at is do they do, does the, evidence in the paper support the conclusions that the authors draw. And I wish I could get them to do that for pretty much every statement that we say <laughs> yeah. as well. But, you know, that's kind of impossible. Yeah. You know? I tell them that too in the first year. I said, um, I want you to question everything, including the things I tell you. Like, I love it when you come to me and say, uh, Dr. Connor, you said this thing. And, and I've, I've heard other people say something else. And, and so I went and looked into this. Oh, yeah, come tell me about this. Let's have this discussion. Like, right. question what I'm telling you. Right. Um, and because I try very hard to, if I say something definitively, like, this is what I want you to do, I'm probably going to be able to tell you why. <laughs> um, yep. And if you say, why are you doing it that way? And I'm like, honestly, it's because that's what I'm comfortable with. Like, I'll be honest with yep. you that I don't have good literature behind it, but like, I tried it the other way and, and that seemed awkward for me, but I don't have, if you have more information, please share it with me. Um, so I will, I will back up the things that I say and I feel strongly about, and I will, I will tell you when I'm quacking, you know, <laughs> and I could be like, yeah, sorry, this is one of those things. I don't know the answer. So I do the best that I can. Um, but, uh, so I, I enjoy it when the students come back and say, yes wait a minute, why are you saying that? Um, it, it's easy for me to say, yeah, please challenge me. And they're like, but you're grading me. <laughs> like, no, 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 that's like that, that will boost your grade on my rotation. That's Trust for me. sure. Yeah. Um, but also maybe not for everybody. So, exactly. so that's the hard part. We're like, you can definitely do that with me. I promise. Yeah, you can record this right now and play it back to me later. <laughs> but you, I, I also recognize that some people will see that as a challenge and, uh -huh. and, and they won't like it. And I've certainly sure. experienced that myself going to somebody and be like, why are you doing it this way? And they get all huffy about it. Like, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, yep. Okay. Uh, just asking. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I said anything. Um, yeah. but I feel like you should have an answer. <laughs> so even if um, it is, cause that's how like, I've done it. That's legitimate. My career. Like I, I'm okay with that. Exactly. Cause at least you know why you're doing it. Uh, yes. because we've always done it that way. Mm, that's, I mean, like at least acknowledge, like I, I actually don't have a good reason. It's just yeah. how I was taught. And therefore I do it that way. Like that's an okay answer. Right. I uh, have no science behind it. When I've done it, it has seemed it, to work. Yep. Uh, and so that's how I still do it. Um, do you have something better? <laughs> right. Have I wish they would follow it up with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I also, I like when, um, especially when we have things that we don't have evidence for one way or the other. I find this uh -huh. commonly with procedures. Um, you know, people come, I love, that's one of the things I like about being in academia is that we get people coming from all over the place who yep. try things differently. Um, and so one thing I like to do is challenge students or, or res whoever, if, hey, have you done this procedure before? Yeah. Okay. How'd you do that? All right. 
let's try it a different way. Um, and try it a few times that other way and then decide which one you think works better. Um, because the first time you try something different, it's going to feel awkward. Um, so yep. you're going to be like, nope, nope, the other way was better. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, so that's one thing because I, I can do this right now with like residents. Like, nope, yeah. you're going to do it this way. Yep. And then when you're done, you get to pick your favorite. But for right now, do it this this way that makes you uncomfortable. Um, so so that's kind of fun for when we don't have the evidence. Right. Is, you know, kind of getting people used to getting out of their comfort zone. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then maybe coming up with a new, better way that we can all right. learn from. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, hey, I think this was um, was really good. This was what I was hoping for, um, and uh, it was exciting to talk to you about this. And I think that we'll probably be able to do more more things like this, and maybe even um, maybe do some specific journal clubs that I think to, yeah. to kind of use to go through how how you would take a specific article and and kind of break it down and, and critique it in a respectful way, um, so that maybe mm -hmm. people can get some more um, examples of that. So hopefully we can we can sort something like this out. But um, it's been really really fun talking with you. And uh, yeah, I hope yeah, you'll it's come been back. Great, I'd love to. This was actually really fun. Cool.